in association with the Agri Health Network, it's time for That Farm Life podcast, Planting Hope, Harvesting Strength. On That Farm Life, we talk about that life that is that of a farmer and their family. It's about the day-to-day grind, the good times, the tough times, and everything in between, because farming is more than a job, it's a way of life. And we're here to offer opportunities to help you deal with the stress and strains of farm life through faith, family, and community with other farmers. Now, here's your host, a farmer, a former agri-business owner, and also the pastor of a Southern Baptist church in Arkansas, Archie Mason. Hey folks, this is Archie Mason. I'm the host of That Farm Life Podcast. We are so glad that you have uh, joined us today. Now, if you're unfamiliar with uh, That Farm Life Podcast, we're a resource of agrihealth.net. You can go to the website, check us out. Hey, we are doing everything we can to help that farming community with all the stresses and strains that they face in everyday life. So we have been interviewing Uh, different people, crop consultants, people in the ag industry, farmers. And so that's what we do. We're always trying to create a safe zone where it's safe to talk about some of the issues we face. And as we always say here uh, at that Farm Life podcast is that it's okay to not be okay, but we just want to help you not stay that way. Now, let me also just give a shout out to some of the people who partner with us, Bear uh, is one of those groups. We have Arkansas Rice Foundation. We have Baker Equipment. Uh, we have a uh, farm bureau and we have several individuals and others have helped us. And so I don't want to skip over anyone, but thank you for uh, your support and being a part of what we're doing. Also, too, let me give a, a shout out this point information for all those uh, cattle farmers, ranchers out there are going to be at the National uh, Cattlemen's Meeting in Tennessee. That's coming up there in Nashville. Uh, we're going to be there with the booth. So please come by. Uh, look for that Farm Life podcast kind of backdrop. We've got some free giveaways. Uh, we always use uh, we use AirPods a lot, and so we're giving that away. And so you can register for that. We'll probably uh, have one of the Yeti coolers available uh, also. So come by, register, say hi. Uh, we'll have some of our different folks who uh, serve with us here at that Farm Life podcast to be working a booth. So anyway, that's for all the ranchers, cow farmers, livestock producers, all the folks uh, who are going uh, to be there? Hey, today got a very special guest. Name's James Ray. He's a part of a new generation of farmers. James is what I call uh, one of the young guns. Okay, one of the young guns here in Northeast Arkansas. He graduated college 2014. Uh, joined his father and their family uh, on the farm there in Northeast Arkansas. And uh, so it's a multi generational operation. They've gone through transition, uh, which would say, hey, there's been blessings and and challenges. And uh, so anyway, hey, James, I know you're busy. Thanks for joining us today, man. Thanks for taking the time. Well, thanks for having me, man. I'm uh, looking forward to this. Hey, good. You know, I, I got to bring this out for uh, all of our listeners uh, who are, are out there just to uh, uh, tell them. And hey, guys, James is sitting in the driveway of his uh, parents' house. He's waiting on lunch. So I think you told me Mama's cooking what? Hamburger is it hamburger steak, macaroni and cheese, or mashed potatoes, or something like that? Is that correct? And some fried okra. So Ooh, I'm, I'm that's, looking forward to it. Hey, that's what I'm talking about. And so uh, that makes everybody who's listening to the podcast now very hungry. So uh, anyway, uh, hey, it's a. Uh, I, I know James's mom and dad, great folks. And so again, James, hey, look, I know you're in the heat of the battle out there on the farm, and things are going on. So thanks for taking the time. Hey, tell us, tell us about yourself and your family. 
Well, uh, like you said, my name's James Ray. Uh, I'm married to Natalie Ray. Uh, we have two little girls. We have a two and a half year old little girl named Piper, and we have a one year old uh, named Maggie. So uh, life has changed in the last, you know, two and a half years. Went from uh, went from doing what we want when we want to, you know, raising two kiddos and being fully dedicated to them and, and work. So, yeah, well, I'm glad that you and your wife are having those uh, girl. Uh, having those young girls, because I got those two twins, you know, you and my son Ty are the same age, and he works for Valent, and so we could do one of those contractual marriage things, so you can, we might need to talk to your wife about that, though, right? Uh, She'll be all right with it. (laughs) Hey, now, you you grew up on the farm. Uh, What What's one of your earliest memories of just being a part of the farm, or helping out, or working with your dad, your grandfather? Tell us about that. Uh, I mean, I can remember being under the bob truck, like hauling seed and stuff with the guys, keeping in front of the planters, you know, and I'm crawling on the ground with my old tractors farming the dirt underneath the bob truck, you know, the seed truck. So I can remember that. Uh, and then I can remember, you know, dad put me on a cotton picker uh, scrapping, you know, going across it the second time before we had before we had bowl opener, you know, to get it all open at the same time. Uh, we ran through all of it two times. And so I can remember being, you know, six, seven, eight, nine years old, getting on the cotton picker and scrapping. Um, so I have memories, you know, a long way back. Uh, and it's just, you know, what I grew up doing. Oh yeah. So you kind of learned how to drive out there on the turn row, right? For sure. <laughs> I had to pull the, pull the truck up for dad, poking holes in poly pot where he wouldn't have to double walk and disconnect all the seat sensors in the tractors. Cause I wasn't heavy enough to, you know, make it, <laughs> make it think that there was somebody in the seat. So <laughs> Hey, hey, James, I know a little bit about your background and so your education. So you, you've got an engineering degree. Is that correct? Yes. Yeah, I went to ASU, uh, started in banking finance uh, on a Monday. It was the first day of college. And by Wednesday, I'd already figured out that wasn't going to be what I wanted to go through. And so I changed to engineering uh, two days into college. Yeah. Well, I know, too, because you, you knew that you always wanted to farm. And I know you've even helped me and Ty uh, at our place working on a, what, about a 7,000 gallon tank or so that we got and just uh, calculations on that and stuff. So your engineering degree has really, uh, how's that helped you on a farm with what you do? So engineering school pretty much teaches you how to be a problem solver. I mean, that's just what what engineering school is about. I mean, it doesn't matter if it's civil, electrical, or mechanical, or whatever. It's about being able to look at a problem and come up with the fastest solution to fix it. And so, I mean, that's all farming is, is identifying problems and then fixing it. So, I mean, it has helped me out. Uh, it has helped me out a lot, um, you know, unit conversions and all. I mean, that's uh, you use that every single day with mixing, uh, uh, mixing chemical loads up for the sprayer or, you know, your planting populations. And everything else. So, I mean, it's been very helpful. Hey, James, I know you and your dad, you've been farming alongside of your dad and, you know, all through college and school and everything, but you're kind of making a transition and y'all been in a transition for, you know, I guess a few years now, but kind of transitioning from, uh, you know, his generation of years. So how, how's that been going? Uh, it's been going, it's been going really good. I mean, we have, uh, we have a really good relationship. I mean, we never, we really don't get into it. Uh, about decisions and all. So spring of 14 is when I graduated college. So, you know, full-time started then. Uh, there was no, you know, no 
no other distractions, you know, along the way. Um, so spring of spring of 14, uh, you know, he's still, you know, hundred percent in control. And then just slowly each and every year, you know, I've gained more responsibilities. Whereas it's, if it's making, um, I guess spring of 15, um, you know, he let me plan all the varieties, you know, he's, uh, he, he was like, Hey, you pick out, um, you talk to the reps, figure out, uh, which bean needs to be planted where, which cotton needs to be planted where based on soil type and, and all of that. And so that was kind of my first, my first task that dad was asked me to be in, uh, be in charge of. Uh, and then it just slowly went from there, um, with, you know, making the decisions of, I can remember, you know, being on the combine and calling him and, you know, asking him, Hey, what do you think about planting this here next year? Um, because I was, you know, concerned about getting that ground ready to plant for the next year. You know, and he was like, well, it's kind of hard to make that decision right now. Let's think about it. You know? And then, so, uh, you know, and then, so finally we started just keeping on doing that way, keeping on going and to where now, um, I'm pretty much making every, dis- every day and day decision. Uh, well, I, I've never had an issue of, you know, just you know, getting upset with him about him, like putting us, like saying, this is how we're going to do it. You know, there's never been, we've never really had that, that beef that, um, I hear a lot of people talking about, and that's really been a huge blessing, um, because I enjoy working with my dad every day. Um, I get to, uh, I get to see just, you know, how knowledgeable he is. I mean, he, he can do absolutely anything and everything. I mean, he could, he can be a full-time electrician. He could be a full-time plumber. He could literally be an underwater welder probably. I mean, the dude can do anything and everything. So I try to just to listen to him as much as I can and take as much, you know, knowledge from him uh, as I can possibly, you know, grasp. Oh yeah. Well, Hey, you have a great respect for your dad, man. And that's, that's honorable. I mean, that's biblical. And so I applaud you for that. Uh, your dad is a very special person oh, for Ty and I, which we're not the, the fixers of things. Sometimes something will happen. We'll go, Hey, let's see if Mr. Eddie can, uh, can help us out. And I know you've helped us uh, out tremendously on some of our projects too, James. So, uh, uh, but no, your dad's a hard worker. Hey, I can see him until the day he goes to be with Jesus. You know, I'm, he's going to be involved in some form or fashion uh, in the dirt, man. He's a, he's a farmer at heart. Tell me about this now, new methods, technology, you know, they're introduced all the time in agriculture. What are some of the changes that you've made there uh, on the farm? I know you dad, you've talked about how your dad's allowed you making a lot of decisions, but I know there's some technical things you've done also. Well, the first thing that, um, that he let me take complete control of um, was in 2015, that spring, I wanted to plant some soybeans early. And so, uh, I mean, it's cold. I mean, it's, you're not, we probably shouldn't have even been planting them. But I, I can still remember it's April 7th. I call Ty, he's working at Helena then. He comes down there and we start planting beans uh, down at Bay Village, you know, right where we built those grain bins. And, uh, you know, he, dad was not all that for it. You know, you plant beans after you plant your cotton. I think it was 140 acres. Uh, we planted April 7th. You know, and, and Ty's gung-ho and I'm gung-ho and we're about to finish up. So he's riding on the planter toolbar with a bag of seed. Like, hey, number 14's out. Fill number 14 up a little bit, you know. So uh, we did that. And, you know, all year long, those beans looked, you know, incredible. Um, they just looked so much better than the rest of them. They didn't get as big. They didn't fall down. Uh, they just filled out. I think they ended up cutting, you know, that 140 acres cut in the 80s, you know. And so from there, we went to planting more of our beans early. You know, I mean, as soon as, as soon as the ground gets dry, 
first part of April, you know, the bean planters start rolling, you know, and uh, that has been a huge difference. That same year, that same year, it started raining uh, and it pretty much rained like the whole month of May. And we had 1,500 acres planted in April and 1,500 acres planted in June of soybeans. And there was a 20, a 20 plus bushel difference, just, you know, same seed in the planter, same everything, you know, that early, early planting is that we've just found to be, you know, key uh, to uh, raising a good soybean crop. There's nothing, you can't make up a late planting date. Uh, as far as technologies go, uh, just being able to take advantage of uh, everything that, you know, my John Deere offers uh, as far as, you know, mapping everything, you know, every pass that goes across the field is mapped now from uh, the tillage, you know, we're measuring how deep we're tilling, we're measuring uh, every seed that's put in the ground is, is mapped. Uh, you know, then every granular fertilizer is mapped on there. Every spray record, you know, every time across the field is mapped and then follow that up with, uh, you know, your harvest data. And so you can overlay all these maps. You can figure out, you know, hot spots in fields. You can figure out problem areas and then you can start farming. Um, instead of farming big picture, you know, we're looking at, you know, acre by acre now, you know, our uh, soil sampling is all done on one acre grids. Uh, and so, you know, the more data you have, the more accurate you can be to make the better decisions that you can make. And so um, just being able to look at each in, each individual acre through, through you know, the planter passes, the combine passes, you know, drones and satellite imagery, you know, using NDVI to pick out, you know, spots where, you know, hey, we, we may have a water issue here, may have a nitrogen issue here, we may have this issue here. And then being able to go in there and fix those um, has really shown value water sensors, you know, moisture sensors in the ground on fields, uh, you know, have shown us that we've been overwatering soybeans and corn and we've been underwatering cotton. Um, and so, uh, you know, just having that data right there accessible has really changed the way we do a lot of things. Wow. Well, I know we see that that technology, man, has uh, it's like most things. Hey, it's good. Uh, it also takes uh, uh, it takes time. But like you said, though, it allows you to be a manager uh, basically on an acre basis, too. So, uh, hey, and I know, too, your dad, he's like, probably says, James, you just take over all of that for sure uh, <laughs> in doing that. Hey, what's yes. some advice that you would have for some multi-generational families who farm together? Uh, I think that my generation in general has a lack of respect for other generations. You know, I mean, the phrase is, you know, OK, boomer, you, know, you don't know anything. Um, you know, and we think that we know it all where, uh, when in reality, you know, we have way less experience and experience is, you know, pretty much all you have is farming. Every year is different. Every year presents itself with new challenges. And, um, and I can remember the, some of the best advice that my dad's ever given me is, is that son, you just got to do your best. You pull from all your years of experience and how things turned out whenever this was the case, and you just use it as a pool of experience and a pool of knowledge to make the next decision the best that you can, and then just live with it. And so I think that the best advice you can give a multi-generational farm is, uh, is to just respect the generations ahead of you, because you would not have that farm if it wasn't for them. They're not out of touch with reality. They may not be able to work an iPad and pick out, you know, a spot uh, from the soil maps or the planter data where it messed up, but they've planted a whole lot more fields than we have. And the, the reason that we're able to look at that iPad is because they paid for that iPad back you know, <laughs> 10 years ago, whenever we were, when we were in diapers. And so just having that respect for the other, 
for the older generation and, and not getting, you know, so upset if, you know, an idea that you present is not met with, you know, optimism. Um, and just go pick your spots where you think that you can make an improvement and just try it. You know, nobody's opposed to trying new things in a small, in a small arena. And so, you know, just pick your, pick your spots and pick your battles of where you think that you need to the improvement needs to be made and, uh, and show them that, you know, your idea is going to be better. And a lot of the stuff that we've tried, you know, dad's like, yeah, I tried that, you know, 15 years ago, son, it's not going to work. Well, dad, do you care if I try it? <laughs> yeah, go ahead. That's how you learn, you know? And then I come back to him and like, yep, it's exactly how you said that, you know? <laughs> and so, so just, just respecting the other generation, you know, yeah. and learning from their mistakes uh, has saved me a ton of mistakes. Oh yeah. Well too, man, I tell you, James, I know our listeners can tell this, you and your dad got a great relationship and uh, you respect him and he respects you. And uh, you guys are, you know, making those transitions and working through that. So that's a good word. What you've shared is a good word for uh man, for all generations out there. Hey, let's talk about this too. We'll, we'll conclude with this. Hey, I know that days are stressful. What's maybe one thing that you do that helps you when you're stressed out? Because, I mean, there's a lot of decisions. Like you said, you're problem solvers. You know, most, all farmers do that all throughout the day. So what's what's one thing helps you when you're stressed? You know, there's the, there's the typical, you know, just everything's going to work out in the end kind of deal. Uh, but honestly... I call dad <laughs> I mean, yeah. because he's just, he, he's got so much experience, you know, and just last week, just last week, um, it's been, it's felt like world war three on plant bugs and spider mites and thrips. And it's like, the numbers are crazy, but the plants aren't showing signs of it, you know, and you're like, what am I going to do? I just sprayed this field yesterday and now I've got to go back across it. Uh, you know, he's spending know $15 an acre on this application to kill plant bugs and turn around and spending $12 to kill these spider mites and that one's not working and just you know realizing that you know we're here this is what we've given this is, this is the this is the cards that we've been dealt and you know we're going to get through it and I, I call dad and you know he talks me down and you know says well son it's, it's going to be all right you know it's something you got to do and my grandpa uh, he passed away several years ago, um, and I can remember sitting at the coffee table or the dinner table with him, you know, asking him, you know, about about farming and, and stuff. And he said, son, this was before irrigation. He said, I was so stressed out about about uh, about this and that, and, you know, if the crops were going to get enough water this year. And, you know, he's told me several stories about how a cloud would just build up, you know, rain and then fizzle out. Um and stuff he said that i was laying in bed it was like 3 a.m i was so stressed out couldn't sleep so i walked out in the front yard it was uh fell on my knees and just you know said lord this is yours i'm gonna do my very best i'm gonna give you all the glory um if if anybody praises me i'm gonna turn it back on you you know we're gonna uh and i'm gonna trust you that you're gonna get me from today tomorrow and the next day and we'll just glorify you and honor you through it and so several times i've uh, I try to make it a point to, you know, pray over each field um, and just, you know, pray over that field just, you know, to be productive, to be profitable, to help me make the best decisions that I can and to, uh, you know, just let me live with the live with the good and live with the bad and not worry about, you know, tomorrow because today's got enough problems of its own. Wow. Hey, man, that's a good word. Hey, one other question we got. I said we were going to. We're going to conclude, but one other question. I know that you're part of a uh, a life group, a small group. It's kind of farmer oriented. You know, you you've got uh, other 
couples in there that kind of in the same place you are, or they're in the ag business. Has that, has that been helpful to you? I mean, what, what you take away from being a part of that group? Yeah. So, uh, you know, ag is a totally different lifestyle, you know, uh, and there's different challenges and stuff that we face. And so, uh, you know, we met uh, with Don Blackmore and stuff and got this group going. Um, Chad Duckworth and uh, Chase Keegan lead it. And, uh, you know, we've been the first the first study we've gone through is, you know, about stress and anxiety and stuff and going through that. Uh, and it's been it's been really good. Um, I've met some uh, I've met some, you know, other farmers around that I didn't that I didn't know. Uh, and then, you know, I've got um, some also some good buddies, you know, that I deer hunt with and everything else that are in there as well. So that's been that's been a blessing. Uh, and just, you know, the first week was talking about, you know, the difference in fear and anxiety as fear sees a problem. And, uh, you know, where anxiety is, you know, in our head and we're, and we're, we're causing a problem and you know, we're thinking about a problem that may not actually even be there, you know. And so uh, it's been really good um, just to, you know, have a have a group of guys to uh, our wives to have a group of women. Yeah. Wow. Man, I tell you what, too, I, I just wanted you to kind of touch on that because I know here at uh, uh, AgriHealth Network and with uh, that Farm Life podcast, we're, we're working on de- developing some uh, – Bible study curriculum that is really dedicated uh, to the ag community. And uh, the a lot of the principles and teachings you see in the Bible is from an agrarian culture. And so Jesus used uh, a lot of farming and a lot of his uh, uh, illustrations and the stories that he told and the points that he made. So I just want to say that. Hey, James, I want to say thank you for being with us today, man, sharing what you've shared. Uh, any of you who are out there listening, I know we have listeners from different states and in different countries you know, James talked about uh, even how his grandfather would go out and, and cried out to the Lord. And uh, he talked about how he prays over his fields. If any of you out there who are listening, man, you got some spiritual questions. Uh, uh, you say, man, what's he talking about? Jesus. Hey, would you just contact us here? You can email us at info at agrihealth.net. That's info at agrihealth.net. We'll help you. We're not only here for the physical, but also uh, for the emotional and the spiritual. And so we want to help direct you uh, in any way we can. Now, James talked about this, that transition. Each generation, uh, hey, brings new ideas and education into the world world of agriculture. But uh, using the previous generation's experience and the wisdom that they have uh, can really uh, push that farm operation forward to have a very strong future. So uh, that partnership takes patience, humility, and good communications. I know we can all learn some things today from hearing James and his relationship with his dad. Hey, we want to hear your stories of faith, family, and farming because that's what we're about here uh, at Agri Health. Uh, so reach out to us, let us know. Uh, we all have stories to share, and they always help other people when they hear them. Hey, let us know if you like us on the podcast. You can uh, uh, give a rating there. Also, if you haven't subscribed, we encourage you to do that. You can check us out on Facebook, on Instagram, and on Twitter. And uh, stay tuned with us. Again, I mentioned this before. We're going to be in New Orleans when uh, the rice meeting, national rice meeting is there. Uh, We'll be there too with the booth, but we'll let you know about those things coming. We've also got some other events that are going to be happening. So check us out at the website at AgriHealth. Hey, thanks for joining us. We'll be back next week. Until then, keep farming and keep the faith. You've been listening to That Farm Life Podcast, planting hope, harvesting strength with your host, Archie Mason. That Farm Life Podcast is a creation of the Agri-Health Network in conjunction with Grounded Faith Ministries, 
where we offer opportunities to help you deal with the stress and strains of farm life through faith, family, and community with other farmers. You can learn more about who we are and what we do on our website at agrihealth.net. That's agrihealth, one word, dot net. Thanks for listening, and until next week, keep the faith. 